big fan of finding customers before even you know you start building anything and that's kind of what we did as well uh, just got early customers who really believed in what problem we wanted to solve and mattered them equally and built the platform with their with some early feedback from them it really helped us validate the idea we were working on i mean there were times when investors would be like no that's not a great idea i don't think there is a big market for it but because we clearly had so many customers that were pounding on the you know like hey yeah we want this and this is a great thing we could really believe in what we were solving for so mm-hmm. I really value having those customers with our life cycle. And I just give the same advice to everyone who's building a platform product, anything. Uh, there's nothing better than getting customers involved in your journey early on, even more than investors. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the uh, founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And if you ever need help with yours, feel free to go to Miller or go to strategymeeting.com and uh, grab some time with us to chat. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast. And I'm worried I'm already going to pr- mispronounce her name, but I'm giving it my best shot. Serbi Rathor. And that's you as got it right. <laughs> <laughs> so just a quick introduction to Serbi. Um, she or her dad was in the armed forces, so grew up traveling around a lot. Um, did the, or went to school and got an electrical engineering degree. Um, went and worked for a startup after school, and the uh, founder died in an accident, and kind of the startup went downhill from after that, or it wasn't the same, and struggled a bit more. And then moved to a big company, and then decided to, from the big company to kind of move on, do her own thing, and that kind of, in a brief summary, brings us to what we're, or where she's at today. So, with that much as an introduction, welcome onto the podcast. Thank you so much. You literally recapped my 11 years in like less than 30 seconds. So, all right. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess it's, <laughs> it's a talents of sort. So, with that, so, you know, so I, I kind of gave the 30 second recap overview, but take us back in time, kind of your dad being in the armed forces, traveling a lot, and then how you went to school and uh, walk us through a bit of your journey. Yeah, sure. Yeah. As an army kid in India, which is kind of where I'm from, you travel every two years to a new state, make new friends, have different schools. And that was my life so far. And then Mm. finally, I started to work, uh, did my schooling and engineering from Pune, which is the southern part in the India, Uh, finished my school there and then started working in a startup network security. And then going back just a little bit. So when didn't or went to school? Now, where did you go to school at? Uh, it was uh, Pune, uh, Pune, which is the southern part of India. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. No, so so you got an electrical. Now you're now maybe I'm wrong, and I I don't know if I asked before. So you're located in the U.S. or are you still in India? I am. I am in Seattle. That's right, so where you- I'm rallying from, and it's very sunny here today for everyone in <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> it's a bliss. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, you, I, I, from what I understand, you have to enjoy the sunny days in Seattle because they don't come along you too do. often. <laughs> you do. Yeah. So, so now you got the engineering deg- engineering degree in okay. India, and then you came to the U.S. So, how did you? make that was the first startup that you worked out was that in india or was that in the u.s it was in u.s uh, sorry it was in india i spent 11 years working in india primarily and Mm. then moved to the u.s only almost a year and a half before and that was primarily for this company so there's a 
But a lot before, of, uh, and we'll dive into that company, but yeah. let's stick just with India just for a second. So yeah. graduated yeah. with an engineering degree. Now, how did you, because I think you mentioned it was kind of a startup and a smaller business. How did you get in, make that transition or what gravitated, what made you gravitate towards that? Or how did you get lined up with that? Yeah. So 2009 was an interesting time. I'm sure everyone knows about the whole recession that came in during that time. That was the year that I graduated out of electronics mm. uh, engineering mm. and then landed myself at this really cool startup that was building network security infrastructure, both hardware and software. So mm. transitioned from being an electronics engineer and actually working with semiconductors and ARM processors to then moving into software engineering at the startup. I was always a computer fan and wanted to work on software since the beginning. My dad was around computers all his life. And so that's why I finally just transitioned into what I was naturally supposed to be working in, I guess, and uh, started working at that, at that startup. For two years, I did that. Unfortunately, during the end of two years, the startup had some problems for like a six months to a year period. Yeah, the CEO of the company actually um expired in a car accident and that was mm. really tragic and then we finally i moved on to a bigger organization that startup is still doing really really well by the way they recovered mm. in a year or two back and uh, it's been going really well for them but i so moved now, on. question on that because so and yeah. first of all it's always good to hear that a company is able to recover and turn around yeah. but what made you kind of decide to transition or go do something else kind of, and how did you kind of make that transition? Cause I think you went from a startup to a bigger company. And, is yeah. that the, and so how did you kind of make that transition or make that decision that it was time to move on? Yeah, well, I bought a house early on <laughs> and that was, I think the reason really behind it. Cause I had my mortgage to pay uh, just in like two years of working. Usually startups pay you a pretty good amount as compared to, bigger organizations and that's exactly what happened with me got a bunch of money and then decided to buy a house early on in India and then because of that I had like mortgage on my head and had to move to a bigger company where I could see some stability mm. it was just early on and eventually I sold that house in six months after I moved to the bigger organization but mm. it was just that uncertainty period that you know decided to kind of like okay I had a great experience working with a startup have been doing everything. Now let's move into a bigger enterprise where I can understand processes, how things work, uh, what are the overall logistics around scaling a business and infrastructure at that level. So mm -hmm. that was kind of how the transition happened. So, so you worked, you moved to the bigger company, looked for looking for a bit of stability. Is you know you got the house payment even though you sold the house, but looking for that kind of. Yeah. You know, and and I certainly get that, you know, in the one sense, I don't know if the bigger companies are always as stable as they appear, but it certainly gives you that ability to have that a bit of that comfort or That's to have true. that appearance, right? In the yeah. sense that, yeah. you know, then you're saying, well, they, they have bigger revenue and they're able to weather the storm better. And there's true. some truth to it. But yeah. then so you worked with the, the bigger company for a period of time. And then, you know, what was the cause for the next part of the journey or the, the transition away from the bigger company? Yeah, so in four years, actually four years, I've worked in software development within the CRM systems on the contact center side. They're that sort of products because Amdocs is a telecommunication organization. And uh, after four years, I got married and uh, my husband was living in Montenegro. So I moved, I quit my job and moved to Montenegro with him for a year. It was very adventurous uh, going into Montenegro thinking, oh, I'm going to get a job pretty easily. But that didn't really happen because of visa mm. issues there. So I ended up just like working for fun with a couple of startups there, just, just for fun. I mean, no salary, no visa associated to it, but just helping around. 
businesses there and worked in very different roles in Montenegro, which is totally different mm-hmm. language, totally different culture. So it was a great exposure generally. Traveled around the country, the continent, uh, just stayed in different uh, countries with different people and then got back to India after mm-hmm. a year rejoined the same organization in a different function and uh, yeah then did then spent the next two years working with them on scaling some other different parts of the business like self-service applications and then conversational ai platform which is kind of how we transitioned into symbol so now before we dive into kind of where you're at today so you went back to india not to dive into personal life, was it the husband followed with you? Did you guys separate or how did that work? Because originally the reason you moved away from India was to, you know, kind of go in or go be where his or buy his job or where he was at. So how did you kind of, yeah, how did he that moved work back. out? Yeah, yeah, he moved back to India. We both moved back. Oh, to India. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, just stayed in India for the next two years before we moved to another place. So now, so you, and so, what made what was the motivation to move back to India? Was it hey, I like the culture, miss the family, wanted something different, and kind of what made you guys decide, hey, we're going to move back to India, and he's going to, you know, kind of so for instance, follow you, so to speak, for that period of time, you know, quote unquote. Um, but how did that, you know, what made what prompted that change or that shift? Yeah, well, visa is a very big uh, instigator of all the problems in most of the lives of, I think, Indian immigrants or maybe even more immigrants outside India. And Mm. that's kind of the bigger problem. Like in Montenegro, it was very, very hard to get a work visa, although I had companies which were had job offers and they were struggling with me to file a visa. Mm. And um, yeah, it was very uncertain. Will I get a work visa? Will I ever work here or not? So like all those problems uh, instigated us to actually move back to the country Mm. and said, okay, at least here we can work (laughs) without having to suffer on visa problems. And Mm. uh, that's, that's how I got back. So, so now you get back to India and you work at the the job. Yeah. And that was that a, just curious and kind of side note, you know, you go back to the job that you'd already left. I assume you must have left on good terms because they hired you back. Or oh, yeah. was that what was that an interesting experience to go back to the company that you'd left? Yeah, it was actually because uh, when I got back to India, I had no intention of joining the same company and I was looking hmm. elsewhere and they got to know that I'm back. So I got approached by I, I didn't really work with my ex boss at that time previously. But he got to know that, you know, I moved back to India. We got in touch and said, oh, it would be great if you join our team. And, you know, this is the role that would be really apt for you. And Mm. just conversation started and that's how it all transitioned. But um, looking back, I feel really uh, thankful to have joined back the same company just because of the opportunities that I got. All right. No, it makes perfect sense. So, so now you go back, you, you know, you join the company that you'd worked with for a few years, worked there for a, a period of time longer. Now, how did you kind of make the transition back out of that company a second time and kind of into what you're doing today with, um, with, with, with uh, where you're at? Yeah. So the second time in my, in this company was like a total roller coaster and I was working on like several different products I think staying outside the country for like a year and working in different cultures also made me mature as an individual to look at things with a different perspective. So when I went back uh, to India, it, I had a different way of functioning uh, and wanted more uh, uncertainty, spontaneous uh, kind of work culture and stuff like that. So I worked in an organization function, which is very driven by customer product requirements, you know, figuring out new things, new products, 
figuring out first customers, how does implementation work, how does, you know, how, how do we find the pricing model, which is apt for the customers. And so that's kind of where I worked, multiple products. Mm. And um, when I got really exposed to the conversation AI space, which is kind of a bigger domain area of human machine interaction, I ended up spending a lot of time working with my co-founder who is now at that time was uh, one of the engineers that I was working with. And uh, we spent we spent some time figuring out, you know, overall the ecosystem, the gaps, what's missing, what's enabling people, uh, what's an opportunity, and things like that. And that's how we identified an idea that had seemed like at that time had legs, and so got out of the company and just started uh, the venture. So now one question, because it sounded like, and not trying to put words in your mouth, when you guys were doing it, was it when you were originally working with the engineer, was it with the intent of doing a startup or starting your own thing? Or was it more of solving a problem within the current company you're working with and then you saw an opportunity? Yeah, the opportunity that we saw was like a tangential to what we were working on. So we were working on the human and machine interaction and all that kind of intelligence within Amdocs. And when we uh, started applying it to different use cases, domains, there we saw a bigger opportunity with the human to human conversations, like the one that we are having right now. So mm. that actually inspired us to say, okay, this is great. And we worked here for a couple of years and, you know, solve this problem and, you know, found early customers, is there a bigger opportunity that lies beyond it, which is not tapped just yet? So mm. there wasn't an intention really of starting the company as we worked on that product, but eventually as we learned more about the space and the problems, we just transitioned into what we're doing now. Mm. No, and that makes sense. So so now, and now one question is, is you now saw the problem, worked on a solution, figured out, you know, how to improve and, and to do something there, you know, how did you, did you approach the company and say, Hey, we've got this idea and we want to pursue it. Was the company support it? Or did you say, Hey, this is something I really want to do on my own. Let's dig into it. Let's see if we can start it or kind of, how did you make the transition to, to uh, starting the company? Yeah. I mean, it, this happened in like February, 2018 uh, when, I mean, we just felt that there is something, but not enough work that's done around that. So I really quit my job even before doing any research. So just, I got out of the company and started, you know, getting into the startup ecosystem in the Bay Area, understanding how is it to build a startup? Because I'm a first-time founder and I have no background whatsoever in building a company. So it was an interesting like three months in researching whether, what is the go-to-market of this idea really? Are there really customers in here? And um, how to build a company, how to think about building a company and just stuff like that. And in a couple of months when, you know, I, we thought that, okay, maybe this this is something great that can be done. We actually never went back to the company and proposed the idea because I had already left my job. Uh, mm. And then my co-founder quit his job. And then we actually incorporated the company and officially start on it. So the first three, four months, I was on my own adventure of figuring out <laughs> how to build a startup because it's a pretty difficult problem statement. <laughs> so, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. So now, so so now you you say okay, quitting the job, gonna go do the startup. I think it's a fun opportunity. Think I can do it, make go of it. Plenty of things to learn. So how did that go? You know, you you start to figure things out. Was it we got it going? We got a minimally viable product or an MVP, and it was take off from there. Was it a bumpy road? Did you uh, bootstrap it? Did you bring on investors or kind of how did you get that going and how did it go for you? 
Yeah, it was a very bumpy road for us in the first one year, honestly. And uh, whoever I met in the Bay Area, and I was like, well, you know, we're gonna, we have this awesome idea and we have to raise some initial funding for all of this. Because I was doing it for the first time and like a lot of people told me, you're crazy. <laughs> this is not gonna happen. That's yeah. not how startups are built, you know, find a customer and do, I mean, like, Obviously, we knew all of that, but it's just like in the hype of around when you are in the Bay Area, you just like get so much influenced by some other people which have already built companies before. And you kind of like think, okay, maybe I can do the same thing. So it was definitely a bumpy road. We were bootstrapping in the beginning. Uh, and uh, the first, I think, six, uh, six to nine months was a period uh where we invested our own money, you know, had a bunch of engineers back in India, uh, because that's kind of where we had good roots, uh, both me and my co-founder. It was easy for us to get talent there, uh, in, at least in the beginning. And uh, then really figuring out whether, you know, how do we get customer adoption here and just learning on the go, really. Um, mm. I think there was a lot of learning involved. Um, I, I would have met like hundreds, hundreds of people during that period, coffee mm. meetings, cocktail meetings, going in the meetups, like everything that I could do to create my own network, because I came in with like zero network in the Bay Area. Mm. Uh, with like living the dream, <laughs> but doing the hard work initially, obviously. And uh, then, yeah, finally, when we got into Techstars, Seattle, that's kind of when we saw that, okay, this is great. That seems like now we have a path to success and there's a network that is going to get attached to us and help us kind of amplify the message that we want to communicate and what we want to build here. Hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. And so sounds like a, a fun and windy journey, or, or, so to speak. So now that kind of brings us up to kind of today and kind of how you got to where you're at today and focusing on kind of CRM, human interaction and how to yeah. solve that problem. So now looking kind of a bit into the future, where do you see the next six to 12 months going for you? Kind of where do you see that uh, that headed? Yeah, I mean, uh, just with the pandemic, the amount of digital communications that have um, uh, risen in the ecosystem has scaled like crazy. Everyone is like on meetings like the one that we are having right now, whether it's like contact center, sales, healthcare, e-learning, like any domain is not hidden by this meeting, <laughs> FOMO or fatigue, whatever you can call it, right? So there are so many products uh, getting created. Every single day you'll hear a new product in a new space solving a new problem, which is doing some video voice communication. And we see a really big opportunity to be able to present a very standardized and democratized platform that builds the technology enabling businesses to automatically add intelligence to their communication workflows, helping them differentiate, sell more, um, you know, create high retention and engagement for their customers and users, all of the above. Uh, and really find opportunities for growth when it's becoming a pretty crowded market. So that's kind of the platform that we want to be and we've always aspired to be. And that's what we are marching for. Oh, cool. Well, I think that that uh, sounds like a, a fun direction to, to march in. So, well, now as we kind of wrap towards the end of the podcast and we get a bit closer, you know, I always ask two questions at the end of each, uh, end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now and chat for that for a bit. So along your journey, so the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the uh, worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Yeah, uh, worst business decisions. I think we've made a lot of them along the way. Uh, I'm just accepting candidly. Uh, but um, generally, I think uh, just uh, building a, a 
I mean, just thinking about very high volume usage right in the beginning when you know that the growth is going to take time and building the platform like that. So um, I think we we didn't think much about taking smaller steps to adoption and figuring out how can more users get this adopted. And we really stuck our guts into, you know, following only one single path to that adoption. So we did some small mistakes around that path where which could have been solved. We didn't focus on a lot of integrations early on. I think that's another business decision that could have been made better, but I think those two would be primarily it. Um, yeah. All right. No, I think that makes sense and certainly a mistake to learn from. So now I'm going to jump to my second question, which is, um, you know, if now you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Yeah, a uh, really big fan of finding customers before even, you know, you start building anything. And that's kind of what we did as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Just got early customers who really believed in what problem we wanted to solve and mattered them equally and built the platform with their with some early feedback from them. It really helped us validate the idea we were working on. I mean, there were times when investors would be like, no, that's not a great idea. I don't think there is a big market for it. But because we clearly had so many customers that were pounding on the, you know, like, hey, yeah, we want this and this is a great thing. We could really believe in what we were solving for. So mm-hmm. I really value having those customers with our life cycle. And I just give the same advice to everyone who's building a platform product, anything. Uh, there's nothing better than getting customers involved in your journey early on, even more than investors. <laughs> so, yeah. No, and I think that, you know, it's a, it almost seems a bit backwards. You're saying, hey, I haven't even built this yet. How am I going to get customers? But I think when you go out and you have to sell it, you have to figure out what customers are willing to pay for. And if and if they're actually willing to pay for anything, then it hones your message, hones what you're going to actually develop. And I Absolutely. think strengthens you along the process. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and even till today, I mean, the relationship that we've built with those early customers are absolutely incredible i mean they're just a part of our big journey here and we're very grateful to have them no and i think you know the old adage you know or the movie quoting the movie if you build it they will come i think that that's a backwards thing that too often you get into the trap of hey i'll build this it'll be really cool and then people just be knocking down my doors wanting to buy it is almost never happens and almost it's always a reverse of hey figure out who the market is who your customers are build those relationships and then it makes it much easier to be able to go out and sell it and to build the business around it so i think that's a great piece of advice well as we as we wrap up if people want to connect up with you they want to find out more about what you guys are doing they want to be a customer or a client they want to be an investor they want to be your next best friend any or all of the above what's the best way to connect up with you and find out more yeah, we're there on Twitter, symbol.ai, S-Y-M-B-L-D-O-T-A-I, or our website, symbol.ai. You can directly connect with me, Surbi Rator, at LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn and Twitter, so yeah, don't hesitate to reach out. All right, well, I definitely invite everybody to reach out, find out more, support your business, and uh, and utilize the product. So, well, as we wrap up, thank you uh, for uh, for coming on the podcast. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and I'll always apply to be on the show. Also, make sure to, one, click subscribe so that you get notifications as all the new episodes come out in whichever podcast list or podcast player you listen to. And uh, two, also leave us a review so new people can find out about our awesome podcast. 
Last but not least, if you ever need any help with your patents and trademarks, just go to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help and uh, happy to chat with you. Thank you again, Sir B. We uh, appreciate you coming on and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. <laughs> Thank you so much.